Welcome to David's Life and Observation with your host, David Welch. So, today is a good day. I'm driving from Texas to Phoenix. And what's great about this trip right now is that I'm driving away from all of the bullshit that is Fort Hood. Now, a lot of soldiers are probably going to listen to this and be like, Ah, oh, how dare you? Oh, how dare you speak bad about the military? You're an American. No, motherfucker. I'm a veteran. And it's okay to speak ill of a government that is not working. Perfectly American to do. So, for those who are using the mantle of I'm a veteran so therefore you should have no reason to complain well that doesn't hold water with me because I'm a fucking veteran and I absolutely do have a lot of ability to complain about what went down in Fort Hood with me and my family and and how things are in the climate of soldiers on Fort Hood I know because I was just fucking there just live there. And, uh, I gotta say, like, they're, now, not everything about Fort Hood's bad. They got great amenities, they got pretty decent gyms, uh, the PX is, the PX is awesome. Commissaries are okay, they're not terrible, I mean, and, you know, the, the services that they have on post are, you know, they're not bad, especially if you're a single soldier, I mean, I've looked at the barracks rooms. They're not totally terrible. I mean, it's it's army, it's army life. It's it's military life. You know what it is. It's that's the way it goes. However, uh, where the where the poison starts getting in is the leadership. Leadership on Fort Hood is fucking toxic. Now that's not all leadership. In fact, when we got to Fort Hood initially, we ran into some NCOs that were just fucking amazing individuals. We ran into some officers that were just amazing. Took us under their wing. You know, really helped us get on our feet uh, financially because we had a really weird circumstance where um, transitioning from the reserves to active duty was a detriment because the pay was delayed for like three months. And that sucked, but we had some good NCOs come in and really save the day. So, and some good and some good uh, leadership come in and save the day. However, um, almost immediately right after that, the NCOs and the officers that were around my wife during her active duty service were just god-awful, shitty people who hate their lives and take it out on others. It had nothing to do with military bearing, nothing to do with performance, it had everything to do with the fact that she was the one of the only white females, white people in general, in her specific workshop with her specific chain of command. Because in her shop, predominantly black leadership. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. 
there are other, in fact, there were other units that had predominantly black leadership, and their morale was higher, their people looked like they were taken care of a lot better, I'm sure they had their issues, but it just, on the surface, looked a lot better than what we were experiencing at our unit. Now, our first commander, Captain Butler, was fucking amazing. She was everything you desire to look for leadership. Uh, Captain Butler, uh, amazing commander, really took uh, care of her people and took care of, you know, my wife and I, especially during that first few hard months. But when she transitioned to another unit as their commander, we got a new commander, shit that was not being allowed under Captain Butler's watch started to be started to be a commonplace thing with uh, the unit and here's what I mean you have Sergeant First Class Clark Sergeant First Class Wisdom and a very aloof staff sergeant who I'm not going to mention by name because he's he's good people he's just kind of kind of got lost in the shuffle sadly but my wife had leadership that wasn't very consistent wasn't very respectful to her and very envied very much envied the fact that she made uh, the armed forces soccer team and very much envious of her ability to leave the command to go do these fun endeavors um as far as I knew, and every report that I heard from everybody that I spoke with and interacted with in my wife's workshop, always applauded, applauded her and gave accolades for her actual physical work. That she was an astute learner, that she performed very well. But somewhere there was a breakup in, in understanding or communication where... They had an ample amount of time to criticize her character as a person and to waylay her ability to deal with what was being said to her because when you're uh, when you're dealing with high-level NCOs who make it their job to constantly criticize you and constantly tell you things that are not even based in reality or even true or don't even align with military standards you kind of especially when you have no escape from it it kind of beats down on you mentally so that's exactly what was taking place and you had a first sergeant who the first first sergeant that my wife had was a major dick cursed her up and down for daring going to speak with uh, the commander, even though the commander said, hey, I have an open door policy, you need to come speak with me. Come speak with me. My wife took advantage of that policy, had a good conversation with uh, the commander, and she got her butt chewed for it. Because, in their eyes, she jumped the chain of command. When the dialogue had nothing to do with seeking anything other than having a dialogue about uh, her intention to sign up for Armed Forces Soccer, which is 
well before she actually went and tried out, well before she dropped her request to go. She just, you know, acknowledged that the commander also liked soccer, played soccer at the academy, and that was familiar with the local uh, uh, soccer joint that my wife and I go to, or went to. So he took that as a personal affront and made life difficult for her for merely using an open door policy to, you know, have a conversation with the commander about something that was not related to military anything. So from then on, with a trio of leadership beating down on my wife verbally, and then to even when the deck was shuffled with the new commander and new first sergeant when they came in, it was exponentially worse because that new commander took it upon herself to make up stories and just be virtually vindictive to Maria and I at one point. My experience of uh, other leadership groups there, well, especially at the battalion and brigade level, they, they don't care about the Constitution. They really don't. They can say that till, the, till they're blue in the face, but to them the Constitution is subverted whenever they get an idea or an inkling that they believe they can do or say whatever they want to, however they want to, and do, and then whatever they say or do has no consequence. Well, when I file my lawsuit, they're going to learn that their actions have consequences. And that even if my lawsuit doesn't win, even if I... You know, end up uh, not getting lawsuit generated in time to file it within the statute limits. I won't make it my business to constantly keep speaking about the treatment, the people, and the circumstances that led to me having a fucking CPS case and all the failures in government from Fort Hood to the local PD and Coppers Cove and how the city and other entities failed my family greatly. And how two hospitals managed to lie on official documentation and press falsehoods as if they were fact. It's amazing to me that that shit was allowed to to be and persist despite many many write-ins and despite many complaints that I filed they never reached anywhere but a lawsuit will definitely uh, slap them in the face hard enough to say hey we fucked up or hey make sure all the documentation is correct because people are tired of that shit people are tired of uh, doctors and hospital staff lying to cover their base and cover their ass. When it comes to find out later that they did lie, they act like, oh, they didn't know they couldn't. Bullshit. They knew what they were doing. Cops do this all the time where they, oh, well, you know, I I thought it in, in good faith I made this decision. Or maybe, hey, I just need more training. Nope. Ignorance of the law is no excuse, which is what you tell people. Law enforcement community will tell people ignorance of the law is no excuse. Only when 
you're a police officer breaking the fucking law isn't an excuse, apparently. I'm sorry, but that doesn't hold water with me either. Uh, equal treatment under the law is why Lady Justice is blind and the scales are balanced. Because there needs to be checks and balances when it comes to our government entities and us. It's just not one way or the other. I saw a recent auditor say to a law enforcement agency, or to a law enforcement agent, that he was the check. He was the balancing agent to the checks and balances. He said to the officer, I'm here to keep you in check. That made a lot of sense to me because who else would? Especially when you... I think that took place in Las Vegas where Las Vegas LVMPD is probably the worst agencies on the planet. They covered up the, the Vegas shooting. Lied about the Vegas shooting. Constantly, constantly violate people's rights on a daily basis on the strip and out in town. And they have a culture of trying to (coughs) tell people what they can and cannot do. Thank God you have lawyers like Stephen Stubbs out there in Las Vegas putting to task law enforcement agencies, local government bureaucracies, and other lawyers and judges in that community, and utilizing the law (coughs) to protect the civil liberties of bikers and the underrepresented. If you find yourself in a civil rights issue and you're in Vegas, Stephen Stubbs is your lawyer. I don't care if you can't immediately afford his guidance or his protection under the law. But if you can find a way to come with the money, and a lot of the shit he does is pro bono. He does have mechanisms to make a lot of his work pro bono. He does a lot of pro bono work. And does a lot of... And he is a champion for civil rights. Here in Texas, though, I cannot honestly say that I see advertised or have met or have heard about one champion at all for civil rights in Texas. Because here's the dirty little secret about Texas that they don't want you to know, people. Texas is such a conservative, backwater, Republican theocracy that the only people that deserve rights in their minds are crispy, white, Republican, conservative theocrats. And that's it. Fuck everybody else. Fuck the rights of everybody else. They don't care. Fuck, if you're a brown person here, you're even more fucked. Now, I will say that they do care, like the ACLU of Texas and the Texas Civil Rights Project, 
care much more about brown people at the border than they do about people inland in Texas. I'll say that hands down. Because the cases that they're working on right now have everything to do with the border and nothing to do with inland Texas. I have sought their consultations. I have sought their ability to represent my case despite how complex it is and no callback no feedback not a fucking thing and it's shitty as a person to have their civil liberties violated by a government entity and not have somebody willing to help you seek retribution or to seek justice because it happens so frequently in the state of Texas to so many motherfucking people that they would be backlogged for hundreds of years if they actually did have somebody championing civil rights. And uh, because the, the civil rights abuses in Texas by law enforcement is is rampant it is is constant and there is very little recourse for someone because the attorneys out there won't touch you with a 10 foot pole because they're so buddy buddy and chummy chummy with the local law enforcement that it would be a risk to them as their and a career for them to take you on as a client to help defend your civil liberties. They'd be losing money and friendships and ties with the local law enforcement community who funnels them cases. Even local defense attorneys knows that know this. Defense attorneys will do everything in their power to get you to take a deal. Even if you did nothing wrong. If you did nothing wrong, the good attorney the attorney that's actually a champion for justice will do everything in their power should do everything in their power to help you fight the system and ignore a deal if you didn't commit the crime or if in fact you didn't commit any crime and you're being pulled in on a crime and you're the wrong person why on God's green earth would a lawyer in good conscience tell you to take a deal even if you didn't fucking do anything just just so you can have a chance of getting out sooner or just so you can have a chance of uh, rejoining society but now with a conviction on your record well here's here's the fucking reason people, they don't work for you they don't work for you, they don't work in concert with you they don't give a fuck. Court-appointed attorneys, especially at the family court, are oh my god, awful people. They're awful. They're awful people, and they're sharks. They're literally banking on you being tied up in the system for up to a year, so they get paid for you as their client. They rule eleven ninety-nine percent of their shit. Because 
they discuss it amongst themselves as lawyers. Wrong, right, or indifferent. It doesn't matter if you actually committed a crime or did anything. They will have it in their mind to convict you. And then they'll have it in their mind for you to subject you to CPS's whims. And they'll have it in their mind to pay the local therapist as much as possible with you as a client. Then they'll have it in their mind. (coughs) They'll have it in their mind to ensnare you in their circle of shit. Even if they can't emphatically prove you ever did anything wrong. They will placate you. They will hit you with every platitude in the book to make sure that you don't persist and push issues further. And to drag out your case as long as possible. This is true. This is the way it goes. If you think this is not true, you are highly mistaken. Family court is a farce of justice for many people. Now, now am I am I saying that all situations are the same? No. <coughs> are there abusers that need to be put behind bars? Or are there people that need to pay child support? Are there people that uh, willfully and knowingly neglect children and abuse them? Yes. This is this is a reality. We live in we live in times where there are some sick motherfuckers out there tossing babies in dumpsters or leaving them on park benches hours if not days after being born. We have people that are starving kids whipping kids, which, you know, discipline is a thing, but beating them is a different thing. We have people that are consumed with their own shit so much that they will ignore children to the point where the children are either starved or die of thirst or locked up in cages or, you know, all these horrible things. Yes, that takes place. That happens. We have we have those out. We and I wouldn't even call them outliers because it, it seems to be pretty fucking common. Do we need family court for that? Yes. Do we need CPS agents trained <coughs> to recognize <coughs> and look for situations like that? Yes. But if you're fucking with a family who are upstanding members of the community who are not neglecting their children who have been falsely arrested by law enforcement and it was painfully obvious and they still can't find any reason under the law to have arrested me or put me in handcuffs then in the case, you know, you be like, hey, these parents are good parents. They did nothing wrong. You know, they they were illegally detained. You know, that's that's that to me is open shut case. But no, family court and CPS want their pound of flesh. 
they want your kids in the system because it benefits them greatly. How much money they can get for your kids. How much money they can get to work on their services to pay their people. Because if they did everything right by the law, they wouldn't have a huge clientele. But court in that small little ass area of, of Texas in Gatesville is packed to the brim every court date with new people, people that have been in the system just as long as we have and fighting their case just as much as we have. If not more vigorously. And it's a racket. It's a known racket. All the lawyers know each other. They're all very familiar with the judges. Very familiar with how things go. How things are perceived. Yada, yada, yada. So it's, it's not surprising that good people fall through the cracks all the time. Cases that should have never been end up being cases and people's names are dragged through the mud when, in fact, it was the city, the PD, and the county at that point now who were at fault. Who were the ones that fucked up? Not you. I do have the recordings for my adversary hearing. I have the recording for my court, my first court date with Judge Mabry, who said it was just her process and that if I said another word, she was going to push the case out to August. And that I should be thankful that she's not pushing the case out to August for something that I didn't even do and she didn't even read the case didn't allow me to enter evidence. But let's go let's let's go back to the, the point of the shit show that is Fort Hood, the shit show that is Bell County, the shit show that is McLennan County and Coryell County. All of these counties have serious, serious things going on with them that are wrong. Civil rights violations, fucking with good people, agents that are more than willing to lie, local PDs and and sheriff's departments that don't know the law, don't care about the law, they don't stand on the law. And it's a shame. You have... The, the biggest entity in that area, Fort Hood, of army soldiers that in reality don't care about the Constitution, don't in fact know what your what your rights are. And they don't care because they think they think they can do things whenever they want, however they want. And you got hospitals that are backing these horrible <clears throat> NCOs and these officers up by perpetuating lies as as if it were truth. They will more than happily put second and third hand information down as gospel versus seeking the truth. That's just the way of things, unfortunately. 
what I would encourage you to do if you do live in this area and you do get into that spider's web that is family court do your due diligence get a good lawyer if you can if you cannot then I say try and get out into the media even though the media does work in concert with these local government entities I would love to get a call back from the uh, Copper's Cove banner <coughs> and the Copper's Cove leader press about my story and discuss with them why they've decided not to put it in print yet now is it a huge story yes it is a big story and it covers a lot of it, a lot of ground so it take a really good investigative reporter to really do the research understand what happened in the context that happened and put it out there as a full narrative and whether it paints me in a good picture or not at least it's out there I think the truth would, would set me free on that one but you know could they articulate it to where you know it paints me in a bad light sure but I would have appreciated that that integrity of a journalist doing the research and, and looking into things versus the nothing. Attacks on my personal character, meh. You know, I'm not really, you know, people have called me names up and down and they've, they can say what, whatever they want about me one way or the other. I don't care. They can badmouth, you know, my wife. Oh, well, she's emotionally weak and yada, yada, yada. Or she's a horrible person, yada, yada. No, she is a person that sought mental health help and was actually mistreated by the mental health professionals. Actually, she was mistreated by an unlicensed therapist and whose lies were further perpetuated by a licensed therapist who should lose her job, Major Samuel. I will endorse that till the day I die. Major Samuel, you're a piece of shit. You should lose your job and your license and your livelihood because you lied. And I will, I don't care if you come at me with uh, cease and desist, defamation of character suit, whatever. I would love to go that fucking route and, and, and challenge you in court to see if I'm lying. I would love, love, love it. Because I have evidence to the contrary, you dumb bitch. So let's talk, let's talk about, let's talk about people who sneer at and frown upon fundraising online. It is okay to fundraise online. People do it all the time for a multitude of things. Charities do it. People, individuals do it. A lot of people do it. But now it's got the connotation of e-begging. And it's, it's uh, got a negative note to it. Oh, you're just e-begging. Oh, stop e-begging. Uh, no, it's not e-begging when you're doing doing a service, you're doing work, and then asking for your patrons to help support your work. Let's talk about a YouTube channel. If somebody's smashing out content on a weekly basis, sometimes a daily basis, and they ask for your help and donations, <coughs> why begrudge them 
the opportunity to generate revenue to build more content or to keep their content going because the a lot of people doing political content they're not getting paid by ads anymore they're getting paid through building their channel building their brand selling t-shirts and mugs and getting donations to keep them going because if you like the content somebody's putting out like for me Clash of Val <coughs> James Freeman News Now Houston High Desert Community Watch all these other First Amendment auditors that I really look up to and appreciate their, their work and content I have donated to personally and I would continue to do so because I believe their journey values my dollar. I'm paying for, I'm paying homage and I'm paying for their continued content. Now, that's not e-begging, folks. That's making a living doing something you love doing. <coughs> e-begging, in my opinion, should go hand in hand with somebody who's already very well off. Like, if you're a millionaire, already, and you're making content and asking for more money constantly, and you're not receiving it in, in other ways, it's just like, for me, people who do a lot of, here's a lot of begging that should be stopped. <coughs> these rich-ass evangelical pricks that believe that flying in a regular commercial air flight with regular people is being canned in the devil's tube and being surrounded by the devil's cohort. I can't remember which pastor said it. I don't very much care. I know it was said that they likened riding in a regular commercial flight with people as riding in a tube of the devil with demons. <laughs> and these are the people that spend their whole lives perpetuating the greatest work of fiction ever invented about a mysterious sky man who will who has the good graces to bless everything you do and damn everything you're against because that's how a good God works it's always in your favor well they I mean if you allow these figures like Creflo Dollar and other people to demand money out of you so that they can buy a new jet or a new private jet to fly them around everywhere they're doing it on your back your hard work and your good faith that's not what this fucking should be about having your money scrutinized 
and used to finance personal things or things that would supposedly allow them to preach God's word. But these motherfuckers are living in mansions, dressing in Gucci, flying all over the world on your dime. And you have the gall to besmirch somebody who is doing a service, who's doing what they love to do, (coughs) providing content and the other person provides a sermon not even consistently mind you that demands other churches to pay them money to go speak at their church and don't tell me it doesn't happen because it does when they have appearance prices Oh, I'll go on your show, but you gotta pay me 10G. That's incredible to me. If you're like Gary V, or you're somebody who's a prolific business entrepreneur, yeah, your your fucking time is valuable. And even if you're a high-level evangelical pastor, yeah, I suppose your time's valuable. But shouldn't you be doing God's work? Should you be doing it for the Lord, not doing it for your almighty dollar? Because they literally will stand up on the pulpit and beg people for certain amounts of money to support their endeavors on whatever it is they want to buy. And they they, they do it in the namesake of the Lord. Whereas, I'm sorry, but I don't think the Lord intended for you to have a fucking private jet to fly all over the world to tell other people how to live within their means. I mean, doesn't that smack of fucking irony? Something? I mean, that's, that's just super ironic that these well-to-do, mega-rich motherfuckers who benefit off the backs of hard-working Americans and preach the convenient word of God and will literally sneer and give the look of derision to their own patrons if they dare speak out of turn or they dare touch the hands of the one that speaks to the Lord or that seeks inspiration from the Lord hogwash and then people have people will endorse that that magic voodoo bullshit all day but they're not going to turn around and endorse someone who's actually out there in the field doing journalism. Challenging the official narrative on things. Providing content that's not just entertaining, but valuable as an educational resource. 
you have the gall to frown on them for asking for patronage? Fuck you. I'm sorry, but you buy a fucking $9 cup of coffee that some teenager fucking made you in 20 seconds. You're okay willing to pay that $9 for that piece of trash garbage into your system. But you're not willing to spend $9 on somebody who's busting their ass every day to provide you video content. Especially if you're an avid watcher of their content. You're a subscriber and you see every one of their videos. But you can't come up with five fucking dollars or two bucks to donate to them so that they keep on the road and keep doing what they're doing. And then have the gall to say, oh, well, I'm going to unsubscribe because you're e-begging, man. You're just not cool anymore because you're just, you're just a money-hungry e-grubber. <laughs> How stupid are you, motherfuckers? High Impact Flicks. I like him. He's great. He has shit you can buy. Website. Works with his hands. Does a lot of shit and creates decent videos. Great content. Has good commentary on shit that I agree with. But people don't frown on him for doing that shit. Because he happens to create other things. Tom Zebra did that for a little bit while too. Where he had like t-shirts and shit that he could buy. You know, and, and he kind of just let himself go by the wayside and do work and other things. And a lot of people are... Here's a lot of another thing that I see online all the time too. Well, why don't you just get a regular job, man? Well, maybe because their heart and their passion and their mindset is to to be an investigative journalist in the field pushing out content every day to people and at first it's a passion project then it becomes like you know I'm very good at this why not get my 30,000 subscribers to help me out if I got one dollar for me subscriber I'm good for the rest of the year I'm good. I'm set. I can keep pushing my content every day. Or if I get in a bind, I can use it to help a lawsuit. Pay for my, uh... That's what a lot of people... That's what a lot of people don't understand about auditors is... They're not just immediately bankrolling all this money. They're getting money from subscribers. And they're using it not just for their gas, not just for their food, not just for hotels... But they're using it if they're in a jam, they need bail money. Or if they're in a jam, they need to file a lawsuit or to hire an attorney. They have the funds available to do so. Because it's not a it's not a magic of monetary science to understand that in order to to play the game of law, you need money, you need ducats. If I were a millionaire, this lawsuit would have already been filed. And I would have had lawyers begging and knocking on my door. Hey, sir. Uh, well, by the way, I, uh, I'm a good lawyer. And I'm, I'm an attorney. I'll just do whatever you need me to do. Uh, you know, anything for that magic dollar. But because I'm a, a rather poor, humble person, I don't have that. And I got to admit, 
my earlier content that came out when my when this incident happened didn't really show the whole story. So people were kind of like, yeah, I don't see what's going wrong here. I just see them trying to do a job and, you know, if there was this concern, then, yeah, maybe they did the right thing. Well, when the new video was released from the body cam that it took me months and months and months and months to get, then a lot of the that same opinion started shifting and going my way. So it wasn't just me shouting from the rooftops from my point of view, which is what you saw in the first couple of videos, but it was the other point of view from Deputy Fox or Sergeant Fox that really turned the table in, in a lot of people's eyes on how fucked up my situation was. Because at least they did their due diligence and did a investigation to check out what actually happened or at least attempt to. Whereas CCPD didn't do a fucking thing and they can't cite in law what justified them to put me on emergency detention. But shit based on hearsay, second, third, fourth hand information. So, I mean, that's just, it's just incredible. The farce that is the area of Fort Hood. Fort Hood itself is a fucking amazing farce of, of Americanism. Because you have probably one of the largest bases in America. With an influx of people who come to Fort Hood and and have great interactions and get everything. But then there are some very sour individuals in the military who hate their life, hate their jobs, hate everything about what they do, hate their existence, but they're in a position of power to fuck other people over, which is what they enjoy doing. They don't mind cutting a few throats and stepping on a few uh, few people's throats to get to the top. that's what it's become and it's sad military should be a place of respect integrity and camaraderie and brotherhood but it's not you have local government entities who don't get it through their thick fucking skulls that they work for the people you always hear them say, oh, well, you know, I, I work for the citizens of this city and this city. Well, motherfucker, you work for all taxpayers. And I'm sorry if you're a cop listening to this. You pay your own fucking wage. You don't pay taxes. You involuntarily contribute back into your own pot, dumbass. You don't pay taxes. Because the people whose tax money you're using to have your six-figure salary are the people that pay your fucking taxes. So you you invariably, invariably get other people to pay your taxes for you. Now, I'm not saying you're not earning your wage. There are cops out there, and I'm always going to say this. There are law enforcement officials out there that are doing the job right, that are doing their due diligence, 
there are service members out there doing the job right with integrity and honor and distinction same with firefighters and politicians and not I mean I'm talking like city council type people not all politicians there are lawyers out there doing the right thing but a vast majority of the assholes that people have problems with in regards to our political makeup and the uh, criminal justice side of the house of government have a problem with the assholes that are doing the wrong things, that are lying. And we see it every goddamn day where somebody new gets exonerated on evidence that should have been made available early on that was withheld by some asshole 30, 40 fucking years ago and that person that has rotted in jail and had their life taken away from them only to be compensated a little bit. I don't know. And, and this is why I understand activists like C.J. Grissom with Open Carry Texas who say, I am no longer going to be peaceful. I am no longer going to just allow the government to just violate my rights and hopes that I'll get a chance, a real chance at court to defend myself and put down those who are lying. Because I'm telling you right now, people, if you don't record your interaction or it's not caught by some sort of bystander who doesn't catch the vicious assault that happened to you, the government, especially the judge, would be like, I don't know, how, how can you prove that happened? They'll put the onus on you, the victim. Which is sort of unreal and bullshit, but it happens. So, just be conscientious of, just be aware that any interaction you have with law enforcement, any interaction you have with the justice system, period, record or document or get documents for or from. If you can get a very well-versed lawyer to help defend you, do it. Don't let a regular court-appointed lawyer do anything for you because they just won't. They won't look at your best interest at heart. They don't give a fuck. They just want you to be in the system and have be a case for them for as long as possible so that they can drag out as much funds for you as possible. I want people to think about justice as the Justice Department and the employees that work in the Justice Department, the employees that work for the city. I want you, you as citizens and constituents and people and veterans to start thinking about no longer being okay with the police brutality no longer being okay with the viciousness of law enforcement on your citizenry your fellow man now 
unfortunately, you don't have the, sometimes you don't have the ability to know what's happening in a given situation. But you do have the ability to question what's going on. Police are always going to say, just get back, get away, don't film, give me your camera. This is, this is a private matter. No, it's not. You have every obligation as a citizen journalist and a citizen to document what government officials do with your money and time. Every obligation to do so. Every opportunity you do get a chance to do it, do it. Because if they're beating the tar out of somebody who is not resisting or who is handcuffed, it should be not just said and noted by you, it should be, hey, get the fuck off that person. You're violating their rights. You're beating the fuck out of somebody who doesn't, who is handcuffed and is already restrained. And then do something about it. Now, I understand the apprehension of not doing anything because you're facing an individual who is armed, who is <coughs> more than willing to do violence. Because you just witnessed it, but it's a, but at the same time you have the due diligence to make such a ruckus that they stop, pull back from the situation, and reflect on how their actions are. Because cops, once pointed out by so many people, will fucking stop. Happens all the time. Well, they'll be beating the fuck out of somebody. And everybody's like, hey, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you hitting him? Then they stop. And then they sit there and try and justify to the people why they're fucking that person up while they're handcuffed. Or while they're not even moving. Or why it takes seven individuals sitting on a person, suffocating them to death, in order to put them in handcuffs. Oh my God, and how dare they roll people up in a carpet to, to fucking restrain them in, in, to the point where, I mean, all that lactic acid coursing through their body and if they're wrapped up in a position where they're cramping and they're not free to move and they're not free to calm down in a way that they need to calm down that's more conducive for them and better for them I mean, how fucking inhumane and barbarous is that? To roll them up in a fucking carpet or a sheet, tie them off, and then roll and then push them like a cigar into a fucking vehicle, and then roll their ass out when they get to the police station. I mean, that is some inhumane shit. You might think it's being humane, but it's not. The person you're arresting is not a wild animal, but a fucking human being and a citizen. what fucking danger how much danger to seven individuals or eight individuals can a 150 pound person be who is unarmed even if they're resisting arrest how much fucking danger seriously and there have been deaths because of that don't think that there hasn't been because there have been and the cops are more than willing to not give a fuck because they're still getting paid. Well after they've well well after they violate your rights, well after they've committed crimes against you, 
they're still going to get paid. They're going to go on paid administrative leave, and they're going to be okay. You, on the other hand, are being left picking up the pieces. And I hate that. I hate the fact that these badged bullies have so much power over your fucking life that anything that you do, any misstep somewhere, they can capitalize on and ruin your whole fucking existence. I'm talking like ruin people. (coughs) And I understand that there needs to be justice and law, but it needs to be fucking practiced and administrated equally, which is why people hate law enforcement. Because they know it's bullshit when one person gets one treatment. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say any names, but if a black person commits a crime and a white person commits a crime, the black person's gonna get twenty fucking years of the book thrown at him. The white person's gonna get off with a slap on the wrist. It's just the fucking way the justice system works. They apparently see color. They also see green. I mean, we need to get rid of these racist-ass judges. <coughs> and you lower court judges that are making these bad decisions, don't think you're free to keep making them. You're going to get caught. You're going to get caught doing doing your dirt. It's going to happen. And when you're caught, or if that, that person you put away for 50 years, their family member gets a hold of you, and you're screaming, why? Well, motherfucker, you know why. I believe the family of a person wrongfully convicted by a judge <coughs> or excessively committed, convicted for not even having con- committed a crime or if they've taken a plea deal and pled guilty to something they know they didn't do, but it would just allow them to be out of jail sooner. They don't have the time to sit there and and toil in the fucking jail system, which is what happens a whole bunch of the time. Then the judge should be fair instead of handing that motherfucker five years or these excessive-ass sentences. Judges need to fully consider... The, enti- the entirety of the person's situation during the time that the crime was committed and what their current situation is now and do what's best for them. <coughs> and I also believe that law enforcement needs, or not law enforcement, judges need a little bit more leeway to allow to allow for opportunities for people to go into mental health instead of being languished in the fucking justice system. That needs to happen. Alright, everybody. Thank you for the show. Have a great day. Please check out David's Life and Observation. And hit me up in an email if you have any questions, comments, concerns. dwelch9627 at gmail.com